You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. Green Bay Packers are victorious. I'm going to turn this down to my ears because it's blasting my friggin' ears off a little bit. Green Bay Packers win in a defensive battle, sheer force of will. It's funny because I was telling my kid the entire game, every single time Tampa touched the ball, I just kept saying, got to score, can't win, cannot win with this many points. Eventually they're going to score. If the, if the Packers don't win, they're, they're, here they go, here they, and, and they just, the Packers never scored again, and we still won the game, so. All righty, I'll, I'll, defense just willed it to be a thing. Anyways, uh, this isn't about me and my thoughts and feelings, it's about you and your questions about my thoughts and feelings. Um, not a ton of calls, but I did uh, just throw it up on Twitter that uh, I'm going to need some more. So this may be a short episode unless there's a couple more calls that come in. But anyways, um, we're just going to do what we got. And I'm going to change these couple settings. And uh, we're off and ready to rock and roll. Hey, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's Nico from Idaho. This is and, weird, uh, man. Set up for three again. <laughs> for something. Um, kind of stressed about the game today. And hey, Nico... I, I just got one recommend. I get that, like, you don't want to wake your wife up. Could you get out of bed? Because it's creeping me out a little bit, <laughs> the voice. And I don't know if anybody can hear you, but, you know, like, go uh, go out in the living room. Grab you a cup of coffee, and then uh, and then we'll talk. But don't don't call me disrobed from your bedroom and whisper to me while your wife is next to you. Because something about that is, a lot of things about that actually are... Not the way they should be. He's trying to be quiet also. So I, my wife doesn't know. I'm don't know. stressed about the game and all saying. Because <laughs> uh, I'm a freak. And do not call me and say I'm trying to be quiet so my wife doesn't know that I'm talking to you. This is... We're off to a rough start here, man. We're off to a rough start, Nico. And she knows I love football, but she doesn't really know how much I love it. <laughs> this is... But, uh... Hate this game. It sucks. Yeah. Why would they schedule us to play in Tampa this early? Just to hate the Packers. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I have talked myself into us destroying the Bucks there you and go. them destroying us, and I could see it going either way for a billion different reasons. Yeah. I guess I gotta say, as long as. A very integral, important play doesn't hinge everything on a blown referee call. Yeah, it was pretty close to that a couple times. highly against us. I, as long as that doesn't happen, I'd be okay either way. There are a couple instances where that could have happened. Um, absolutely. Some of these were pretty detrimental. Let me, let me just put it this way. If they didn't call delay a game for a second straight time and they get in and get two points, that alone would have just been... Uh, that would have that would uh, we'd be in misery right now and talking about that constantly. Early in the season, and this is not a must-win game. But if that does happen, I will go postal and 
and sell myself into slavery to oh. a third world country because I will hate <laughs> life because I cannot stand Tom Brady getting every referee call yeah. since the beginning of time since it's like the NFL wants him to win so many Super Bowls. So, oh, look, looks like there's a foul. It looks like we're just going to make one up and Tom Brady wins. So if that happens, I will definitely uh, do something horrible. Other than that, I should shut up because it's four in the morning and uh, maybe go to sleep a little. That'd be a good idea. Let's see skin goes and uh, go Petco. Well, that was our only pregame caller. Um, after that, it's all all good old-fashioned post-game. Hey, Ryan, this is Travis from Virginia. What Just up? Just calling with a few thoughts after Fredericksburg, that game. Virginia, that is. Oh, that uh, blood pressure blood pressure was rising on the end of that game. My goodness. That was rough. Uh, defense, defense killed it. I mean, that was a slugfest all day. Yep. I mean, obviously, our first half, we were moving at will, but both sides' defense is just what a game to watch. I mean, obviously, the shootouts are fun, but let's be real. Seeing that kind of defensive showdown was just something else. Also, I really wanted to note, uh, I know they don't get a lot of props, and I know uh, Greg Olson himself has been driven through the mud a few times, but uh, I thought he did a really good job today, and I liked that he was highlighting the Packers players and that the the good parts about them, not the bad parts, which they seem to love to point out on both sides of the ball all the time. Um, but I know specifically he, you know, put Rashawn Gary in the uh, T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett category, which is true, and it's nice to hear uh, it be recognized by the national media. Um, but, yeah, what a game. Um, beating Tom Brady when he was trying to lead that comeback and essentially did but then didn't. Um, my goodness, also special teams. I know Amari Fair caught a ball that was uh, easily returnable. Um, I saw some people thinking that it could have been coaches telling him to fair catch no matter what. But uh, mistake-free overall and played a solid game and closed out on the onside kick. I mean, what more can you ask for yeah. from a unit that was, you know, worse in the league last year? Uh, yeah, very hyped for this game. Offense killed it first half. Let's uh, hope that they can pick that up and make that the new norm for the year. And uh, yeah, the second half was rough. Bucks adjusted, but I think that uh, we made big strides, and I'm uh, looking forward to the rest of the year. Now that was a big win. Go Pat, go. Yeah, I mean, as far as the announcers go, I don't think I ever really notice them unless they're annoying me. I just, I don't, I guess I just don't listen. I don't pay attention. Everybody's so tuned in. Like, they know who the guys are, like Olsen and so-and-so and all the stuff they said and how good they, of a job they do. You, you mentioned an announcer and everyone's like, oh, I, I love that guy or I hate that guy. or He he called this game back in, in, you know, 2014 where he said this. And it's like, I don't know how you guys pay so much attention. I have no idea who's calling the game. I don't know, unless it's like Aikman and I recognize his voice or something. I don't know, and I, I just don't, I guess I don't pay that much attention. Again, unless they're just saying stupid stuff that's annoying me. And I will say, I didn't I didn't notice them at all today, which means I guess they didn't really say anything that annoyed me. Um, they pointed out a couple ticky-tack calls. I think once the Packers 
you know, once was not in our favor saying that we got a call that we shouldn't have. And then like twice against the Bucks, saying they got some calls that they shouldn't have. And again, I, I just, I see it down the line like that. I think they were correct on all that. So um, otherwise, yeah, I, I didn't notice much, but I appreciate that. I just, I just want to not really notice you very much. Just don't annoy me because I'm, I'm, I'm on edge and I can't deal with stupidity. Can't deal with nonsense. But, uh, you know, that was, uh, was a good game. I try to keep that in the back of my mind that they're really good announcers or something. I don't know. Hey, Beck, that is hey. Draft Hobbyist here, and I bet you just paused to say hi back. So, anyways, <laughs> glad to talk to you again. I love your show. Thank you. Like always, keep up the great work, and I'm just so pumped after the big win again. <laughs> Man, Quay Walker is killing it. Yeah, man. And one thing about him is he's not just athletic. He's got that mentality, just like Jair Alexander. And that won't show up on the stat sheet, won't show up on a 40 time. But I found early in the game, give up a, a reception and pounding his fist on the field like he was so angry. And uh, it's just the mentality. Like, he doesn't want anything to get past him. Then, uh, see, the special team is making huge strides for the first time in a long time. I feel like the scheme is opening up some players to get at so to maybe make a block. Never saw that before. So um, just really excited for the future. But really, obviously, Dobbs can be a number two. We are wide receiver one. Yeah. Hopefully Watson can become that. Yeah. If so, we got a great future all wrapped up in one draft in the wide receiver group. So uh, can't wait. Winfrey looked a little out of place, but that's okay. <laughs> all our other wide receivers are looking real good right now. So uh, talk to you later. Can't wait to listen to the podcast. Bye. Yeah, I, I I always try to temper expectations and everything and, and not get overly hyped about stuff, but I, I just I am excited. Um just from everything I'm seeing, you know. I I I think it's just because I'm just kinda calling it like I'm seeing it. And a lot of times people hype things up that are kind of nonsense or they'll look at like one little highlight and say, Look at how good he is or look at how fast he is, but that's not the case with Dobbs and Watson since the season began. I mean they're they're the most athletic. They're the most electric. They're the fastest. They're the best route. I mean, I don't know necessarily about best route runners, but I mean, if you include like, you know, knowing timing and all that stuff, as far as separation, it's not even close. Dobbs and Watson. I mean, I, I still think there's a lot of growth that's needed there, especially for Christian Watson and being in the right places. But, you know, and it, here's, here's sort of the biggest thing. Aside from just passing the eye test and everything, a lot of the fans have been saying they need more time, they need more time, they need more time. And it's like, well, let's let's trust them that if they were ready, they'd be getting more time. But every time we've leaned on them, I think it's they've paid off. There have been a couple mistakes for sure. But, you know, in this game, we needed Dobbs to step up and be a legitimate wide receiver two. And he was the wide receiver one as the two. I mean, you, you the point is you gave him as many snaps as you gave to Lazard and he he forced himself into the wide receiver one role. And you know that if Lazard was the one open, he'd be getting the eight targets, eight receptions. The reason Dobbs got as many opportunities as he did, and you'll find out when I talk about the podcast tomorrow that you're going to want to listen to, um, Dobbs statistically already, via next-gen stat, had more separation. In fact, nobody in the entire NFL among receivers had less separation than Alan Lazard. So it wasn't a super high, uh, wasn't a super high bar, I guess. 
But I think it's going to be the same thing with Watson. So the point is, the more opportunities you give them, the more rewards there are. Even with Watson, all we got him doing is running across the formation and occasionally taking you know, a jet sweep. And it's paying off. He's blazing across the field. You know, the one time we actually dialed up a pass for him down the field, he was wide open. And yes, I know he dropped it. But again, these guys are rewarding you for everything. I mean, if you want Dobbs to do a wide receiver screen, he's breaking tackles and flying down the field. If you want him to be that legit number two wide receiver and get open on a, on a slant route or a crossing route or whatever the, the route is, he's doing it. He's getting open. He's catching the pass and he's getting yards after the catch. So there's really nothing here as much as I want to constantly temper my own expectations and be like, all right, let's, you know, I mean, they're rookies. Let's slow down. No big deal. There's nothing that they're not doing right now. Again, aside from, you know, running at wrong angles or timing or whatever, which needs to be ironed out. But you know what, when you, when you put it to the fire and say, you know what, he's not exactly where he needs to be, but he's right there. And that right there is where I'm going to throw it. He's going to catch it and he's going to run. And, and you know what, Watson will do the same thing. I'm still mad about that play where he's coming across the middle of the field wide open and everyone's talking about, well, technically he should have slowed down. Well, technically I don't give a crap. Throw the ball to where he is. If you throw it short, he'll slow down and he'll catch it. Or you can just throw it way over to the sideline at, you know, at the 50-yard line and he'll catch it over there. It doesn't matter. Throw it to him. If you need to throw it a little bit you know, to, to get him to gear down, he will because he's going to try to catch the pass. And everybody will say it's underthrown or whatever, but who cares? You're putting the ball where it needs to be. He catches it, and he's going to make a play. But, the, you know, they've, they've rewarded. They've, they've, been, um, they've risen to the occasion when called upon. And again, they've, they've just been consistently better than the guys we have. And, and, and that's knowing that Rodgers wants to go to the other guys. That's knowing that the other guys know the plays and know the assignments and know all these things. And, you know, they've had more experience and all these things, even with the very minimal experience and know-how and, and uh, time with Rodgers, they're still getting it done at a higher level. So fingers crossed that Watson's going to be okay. I mean, we waited all offseason for him to finally get healthy. He finally was. It was real exciting and all that. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks in, he's already down. So really hopeful. I mean, it's it's got to feel pretty good, the fact that Two guys had hamstring injuries. One got put on IR and one didn't. So the expectation is he will be back before four weeks. Otherwise, he also would have been placed on IR. So we at least have that going for us. But yeah, super hyped up, Drew. I mean, draft hobbyist. Excited for the win. You know, it, even an ugly win against a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's that's all you can ask for. You know, that's that was playoff football. It was, it was like I said on the podcast tomorrow, I mean, it's the this was a blowout. And what I mean by that is this was intended to be a blowout. This is like all the other games that we've seen against the 49ers in Tampa where we lose by 20 points or more, but this time it wasn't. And it wasn't because, first of all, our offense stayed composed. Aaron Rodgers didn't completely collapse in on himself like a dying star. They stayed in it. They kept trying. They didn't make massive mistakes. There just wasn't a lot to operate with. And yeah, the offensive line kind of struggled to keep Rodgers clean for more than a half a second. But beyond that, the biggest things is special teams and defense. That's why it wasn't 35 to 3, because they didn't get 35 points. And the field position was an absolute killer. I mean, that that that's that's a that's a tandem. You know, if if the uh if the Buccaneers are consistently starting at the 25 or 30 or 40, as opposed to their own 10 yard line, like it feels like they did the entire game, the defense doesn't do as well either. And that's not to knock the defense or to say that they were, you know, solely aided by special teams, because that's not true. They played lights out. It's just that those two worked side by side to just completely obliterate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and make them look like garbage. So anyways, we're uh, we're going to take a break here. 
It's an early break, but again, not a lot of calls. And since it's getting late, we'll just we'll just go ahead and take that break right now. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Hey, Pack Daddy. It's Draft Hobbyist again. What up? Forgot something so important that I had to call back. Okay. That Nixon dude that came in. Yeah. After Jair went down. What a beast. Absolutely doing his job. And on special teams, he was the first one down every time. Yep. Clearly earning his spot on the roster and justifying his spot. And, you know, sometimes guys, once they... He had more on his plate, but once they get into the flow of the game, because, you know, now they're playing defense, they're not sitting on the sideline the whole time, then they're just better on special teams. I really think that Nixon was just better all around because he could just be in the flow of the game. And, you know, some people are saying maybe we should sign King or what, you know. I think Nixon showed he can be the guy. And he's so important on special teams that he's a very important person player on this roster all of a sudden so Nixon probably the MVP of tonight for me um just given expectations who we needed to fill with Jair Guano I don't know if we win this game without him honestly so great job Nixon that's all can't wait to hear about your pod your podcast when it comes in I hadn't really considered that as far as we don't win without him but I think that's a good point and and it's not even to say necessarily who's the best player. You could you could look at a, several different people for that honor. But the fact of the matter is, and it's one of the things I mentioned tomorrow, is as soon as Jair went out and he came in in the slot, they made a decision that that's the guy we're going to pick on. This is the guy we're going after. And he showed them instantly, that's not going to work. You're not coming at me. So you're right. I mean, if he was the weak spot in the defense, if that was just a, a complete drop-off at corner and they were able to pick on him all the way down the field, this could have been disastrous. I mean, the, the Bucks had enough, plenty of time. Uh, Jair was out a large portion of this game. You know, who's to say they don't score two, three, four times, whether that be touchdowns, field goals, whatever, and this ends up just being a really ugly kind of blowout against the Packers. But they stayed consistent in that. There just was no matchup that favored the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the entire game. They couldn't run the ball. They couldn't pass the ball against anybody. 
So um, no, that's that's a astute observation. Hey Ryan, it's Britt hey, from Merrimack, also known as Britt, Brett, Brad, Braxton. Yeah. Whatever you may have it. Anyway, great W tonight. I was really impressed with the Packers' defense and, dare I say, special teams. How about that? Holy cow. Rudy Ford can fly. Sir, hey. Also, how about Romeo Dobbs just having an absolute day? Pause the wrong one again. Dang it. Um, I, I want to pause it there for a second. Rudy Ford deserves a lot of credit. It's a name that I haven't heard being brought up enough. That dude, that dude is clutch on special teams. Clutch. I mean, Nixon was was great. A lot of these guys are doing a great job, but every single time you look, Rudy Ford's down the field. That dude can fly. I said that last time when I was watching a couple special teams plays. He's clearly the fastest going down the field. But um no, you're right. And and Romeo Dobbs obviously was incredible. I again I messed up. I paused the wrong one. So she went on to say Bach is Bach. That, that whole thing again. I'm not playing the the, uh, the office clip again, but you know, there's there's that thing to think about. Still kinda of iffy on the offense, but making good making good progress. Um can't wait to hear your episode and where you break everybody down and say how they did every week and all that good stuff. Very interested to see how Romeo's numbers and whatnot are. Um, yeah. yeah. And I don't believe that there were three calls that went Tom Brady's way. Not quite sure on that. Maybe you can look into that for your yeah. episode. Yep. Anyway, great team win. Can't wait to hear what content you got coming out. Go Pack Go. I thought about that as soon as I saw that you had called in. I was like, oh, shoot, I wasn't paying attention to how many calls um, went that direction. I'm sorry, I'm distracted by the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is currently the worst quarterback I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> this is so bad. I, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to get off topic. I don't want to. I'm sorry, uh, Brad. But I just saw him throw a pick six that was ruled not a pick six because he actually stepped out of the back of the end zone. Good Lord. Anyways, um yeah, so I, I wasn't paying attention, but I, as I actually thought about it because some of the other callers were talking about Tom Brady and the the calls that went his way. I don't think it was too bad. I, I remember two calls that were like, you got to be out of your freaking mind. So I would say it was sub three would be my guess. But if you think you can prove it was more than three, then I will I will await your, um, you know, you can appeal my decision that it was under three big time uh, Brady calls. I know I, I noticed in our Discord chat there were a bunch of people yelling about holding calls that didn't go their way. It's entirely possible because our guys push past them like every single play. So there's a lot of that like sideways hug action going on. It's, and it's almost like every play. But, you know, as far as egregious holds, I, I, I don't know. You, you, I'm sure you could pick out enough. But I'm, I'm kind of talking about calls as opposed to non-calls because I don't really like complaining about non-calls as much. Bad calls are, are the real problem, in my opinion. Mr. Ryan Schlipp. Yeah, man. This is Clayton Bailey. What up? Just wanted to say, uh, man, can we get some love for these special teams? Dude. Seems like it's pretty much buttoned up. Yep. Nothing great. Nothing top five or anything, but not making any mistakes. Uh, and I'll, I'll say this. My expectation is to just be somewhat, just just average. But they've been better than that. Average to me means... You catch it, and you, well, I shouldn't even say average. Just don't make mistakes was my expectation. 
That means you you catch it and don't drop it, but then don't get any yards. And it means, on average, they started about the 20 or 25, depending, depending on the situation. Just call it the 25. We've been stopping them well short, consistently well short. And Amari's actually been getting some, uh, some returns. Pat O'Donnell this past week, good Lord. Unbelievable punting. There's been no kicking errors. Um, and, and they've almost blocked a couple, which I'm, I'm kind of to the point now where I'm like, all right, just stop trying to block it because I feel like you're twice as likely to just run into the kicker and get a penalty as you are to actually block it. And I'm just not willing to take that chance. So it's not really worth it to me. And literally right as I said that, they ran into the kicker on that play. I know it was a questionable call, but still. I, 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 was, I was, as they were, because I saw them, you could tell how they were just like bunched up and they were going to just attack that ball. And I said, please, just let him kick it, because I cannot. We cannot get a penalty right now. And sure enough, they got a penalty. It, it was okay, although the uh, there was a whole massive yardage swing, et cetera, et cetera. We don't need to get into it. But, anyways, no, I, I would say they've been kind of above average, especially. And here's the other thing, the final thing, and then I'll be quiet and let you finish. They've gotten better every week. Week one was, oh, here we go, same old. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Week two was, hey, that uh, that didn't suck. And then week three was. That was actually a really good special teams performance, like really good. Keyshawn Nixon was a dog yeah, tonight. And Pat O'Donnell yeah. of seven punts, five were down inside, inside the, the 20. 20, one of which yep. was down at the one-yard line. Insane. By my dog, yep. Keyshawn Nixon. So, dude, love it. Matt LaFleur, Brian Goody, hiring Rich Basaccia. By the way... And I know you're not talking about this at all, but hiring Rich, that's a great thing. Whatever happened to Matt LaFleur can't win big games against tough opponents? What happened to Rodgers can't win in Florida? What happened to, you know, the, the, the like th- that, that whole Matt LaFleur thing drives me nuts. You know what I mean? Like we can win games against the Bears and we can win like one against the Minnesota and maybe like one or two against Detroit. And we'll beat like the down and out Patriots and we'll beat the Jets and all that stuff. But we can't beat teams like Tampa. We can't do that. We can't beat the 49ers, although this version of the 49ers, I think. My goodness. Um, we can't do that. What happened? It seems, seems to me we won the game, if I'm not mistaken. So, anyways, I'm sorry for interrupting. I just, as soon as you said the coach, I was like, man, let, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me speak on it. And then letting him shop for a few groceries, go out and get Keyshawn Nixon, go yeah. out and get, you know, Dallin Levitt and all these guys that he wanted to, to start to fix this thing, man. It's- Again, um, I'm, I'm, I'm just beyond impressed with the level of play of these guys that we brought in because as soon as we brought them in, I remember looking at it and going, I'm glad that they're veterans. I'm glad that they're full-time special teamers and that should help and all that. But I, I looked at their special teams grades. I saw the missed tackles and things and the kind of subpar grading and everything. And I'm like, I don't think they're going to be real big impact guys. So my expectation for them was at least they have experience, which is nice. And they'll be able to kind of know what they're supposed to do. But I don't think they're very good. They're not going to be high impact guys. They have been high impact guys. Dallin Levitt, maybe not as noticeable this week. He's been all over the place. Rudy Ford is a freaking unstoppable machine. And, and like you said, Keyshawn is another one. Um, who is now a apparently just a real good slot corner, but um, also real talented. On, so we go out and get just a handful of guys, and all of them, all three of them, if I'm not mistaken, that we went out and handpicked specifically for special teams, are showing up in a big way. 
Um, that's that's amazing to me. Seems like it's paying off, dude. Um, defense showed up big. Yep. Special teams uh, did their job, and pretty cool, man. When you look up and you got back to back MVP at quarterback, and uh, he doesn't have to be the one to win the game. So very excited, man. Great dub. Congratulations to you, and congratulations to all these other uh, Packer fans out here, man. It's a great night. Y'all be blessed. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, it it really feels good. You know, it, it's it was funny because I, I saw the game. I was happy about it. And then I uh, came downstairs and I was about to do the podcast and all that. And there was a moment where it just occurred to me, we just beat Tampa Bay. I I, I really did not think we were going to win. I didn't. I, I said we were going to win. I didn't think we were going to win. Again, it was kind of a head and a heart thing. I, I, I went through all the stuff and told you we had a you know better offensive line, better quarterback, better wide receivers, better defensive line, better edge rushers, uh, possibly better linebackers, corners, Kind of, kind of horse a piece in my mind, but down the line, I thought we had a better team. But still, it's Tampa Bay. I know how these things go. I know that we struggle against specific teams. You know, 49ers, Tampa Bay, we struggle. L.A. For some reason, we play well. I mean, there's just certain matchups that that go well. You know, the, the Lions. It doesn't matter if they're a, a two-win team. If, if one of those wins is probably going to be the Packers, and they're going to beat us 37 to four. Just, just weird stuff like that. Um, and it just dawned on me, like this, and and and. It's a big win for a lot of reasons. I mean, first of all, it's Tampa. Second of all, I mean, we're still fighting for our lives in the division. The Bears won. The Vikings won. I mean, we're we're two and one, and it's a three way tie. And um, also for playoff seeding, Tampa Bay is going to be an absolute powerhouse. And looking at the rest of the NFC, I don't know how many good teams there even are. And for us to have a game up on them, I mean, the the Vikings beat us, but where are they at? They barely beat the Lions. I mean. I, 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 we'll get into this not tomorrow, but the next day, because I really want to talk about some of these games and the implications of them. But um, they won. But as you may have heard on my prediction, I thought they were going to smoke the Lions, and they didn't. And I, you know, a lot of people are like, "Well, you need to give the Lions more credit." I'm not going to. I mean, I, I can to some degree, at least as far as what I thought they were going to be at the start of the year. My biggest takeaway is I don't think the Vikings are that good. I think they they scratched and clawed to 23 points on and, and in week one when the Packers defense completely fell out. If, if they had gotten the version of the Packers defense that Tampa Bay got this week, or even what the Bears got last week, they don't even get to 23 points. So this is supposedly some elite team that only got 23 points against a defense that completely fell apart, completely got shut out by the Eagles, and then against a Lions defense, which is quite bad, couldn't even still get to, to 30 points. What do they get? 27? Barely scratch that out? 28, 28, 24? Last minute victory? And that's at home in, in like, you know, I mean, ev- everything about this game just screamed Minnesota Vikings are going to dominate. And they, they just got smoked most of the game. So, I mean, it's, it's an important game for a lot of reasons. And, you know, as, as, I, as I said, slash will say tomorrow, the media narrative coming out of this is the Packers defense looks good, but but as we said, the wide receiver weapons are a problem. No, they're not. The offensive line might be a problem, and, and Aaron Rodgers has no time to actually sit in the pocket and deliver the ball. But that was not the, the wide receivers were in the, we couldn't run the ball, and Aaron Rodgers didn't have any time in the pocket. The wide receivers were great. They had no issues. I thought they played a great game. They caught just about everything thrown to them. Yards after the catch were incredible. Gritty, physical. Romeo Dobbs, 8 for 8? Are you freaking kidding me? And a touchdown? Alan Lazard just making clutch... Again, the the guy gets no separation whatsoever. Smallest amount of separation in the NFL, 1.1 yards this week. Still, with guys draped all over him, he's catching everything. 
and he's flying and he's physical. That 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 replay of him just killing a guy gives me chills just thinking about it. That's not that's not what happened, and that's a positive for us because despite the again the media narrative that well the as we said they don't have the offensive weapons so they're not going to be able to to have success. That's not true. The weapons are shining through and they're getting better every week. I'm stunned at Randall Cobb and his ability to contribute. I think he's been better than expected. Romeo Dobbs is, in my opinion, better than expected. He hasn't been featured enough, but he's been great. Christian Watson is open every freaking play. We just got to, you know, trust him a little bit. And, and just like with Dobbs, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident if he was forced into that role, if it was, oh man, you just shanked that. Are you kidding me? You bunch of losers. Seven to five and then a missed field goal. What is this game? I, 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 this is why I want to cover tomorrow, which will be Tuesday's episode, a little bit of what's going on in the NFL, because this is so weird. I don't, I don't, I don't know any of these teams, man. I don't know who's who or what's what. Um, what are we talking about? But yeah, I mean, who, who's, who's over the Packers right now? And I, I don't care what the media is going to say about our, our weaknesses. I don't, I don't really care. The offensive line is going to improve. The run game is going to get right back on track. I don't know why we got away from Aaron Jones as much as we did. I really feel like if we featured him a little bit more in the second half, could have probably had a couple more third and shorts as opposed to third and nines all the time. But we don't need to rehash that whole thing. What is it, the Rams? Are the Rams the big powerhouse of the NFC or what? It's not Seattle. It's not Atlanta. I don't think it's Arizona. We just beat Tampa. It's not Carolina. The Saints suck. Washington's garbage. Oh, Philly. Philly would be like the 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 team right now. That's That's what everybody's hyped up about. And again, I'm not positive how good they are. They're, they're, they're due for their kind of come to Jesus moment. I mean, they almost got, almost allowed Detroit to come back. Again, they beat the Vikings pretty handily, but I'm not convinced they're a very good football team. And then they beat Washington, who is a joke of a franchise. I, I think Philly's a good football team. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying it, very similar to what we were doing with Buffalo after week two, saying this is an unstoppable team. Now that Buffalo lost and the Chiefs lost, I think Philly's going to be that team that everyone's like, oh, they're the greatest thing in the world, and eventually they'll have their, you know, thing. But but okay, that's the number one team in the NFC. Let's just say that. Is it Minnesota? No. Detroit? No. Chicago? <laughs> that is an embarrassing franchise. Dallas? The Giants? I thought maybe San Francisco, but after this, watching this game, this is this is horrific. I mean, the, the Packers are in a race with no... I, I, I feel like this is the worst version of, of football teams I've ever seen in my life. I feel like usually at this time, there's like five, six, seven powerhouses that kind of get whittled down. But, you know, you get into the playoffs, man, there's a bunch of teams that are just, just absolute horses. I know I'm going off on a little tangent here, but 49ers in Denver look pathetic. Dallas is in a tailspin. The Giants are 2-0 and against garbage teams that they almost lost to. Cleveland's a joke. Pittsburgh is a joke. Kansas City just got beat by Indy. Indianapolis. And, and they had a blow up on the sideline with Biennemi, which is a whole big thing last year. They were talking about, remember there was that whole dramatic thing about they were going to get rid of Biennemi and then they're like, oh shoot, we better not because that would be controversial. But they were trying to get people to hire him and nobody would hire him. So then they're like, all right, I guess we'll bring you back. But there was all these rumors that the, the players don't really like him. And then they're like, oh, that's not true. We love him. He's our guy. One loss. And you got Pat Mahomes over there blowing up in his face. Um, Baltimore seems to be pretty good. I know they got a solid defense and they can put up some points on offense. I don't really trust, uh, the quarterback all that much, but who knows? Maybe he's tearing it up right now. This is just kind of my assessment, mostly based on last year and the year before and every year, except the one he won MVP where he was really good. New England is terrible. Houston is terrible. Chicago's terrible. The Raiders are terrible. Tennessee is terrible. Buffalo was a powerhouse that just lost. I mean, they're still good, but they lost. Miami is maybe good. Detroit, I don't think is good. Minnesota, I don't think is good. 
The Bengals are beyond struggling. The Jets are terrible. Washington's terrible. New Orleans is bad. Carolina's bad. Everybody's bad. And so I, I know this isn't the best version of the Packers. And I know we've got some issues and we've got some stuff to work out. And if somebody else was doing a podcast going through, they might say the Packers are not very good. And okay, fair enough. I'm not going to say that. It's a Packers podcast. I like our team. But um, this is this is the worst. These are the worst football teams I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> They're all so bad. I mean, what am I going to do? Pump up the, the uh, well, the Chargers are good. They just lost 38-10 to Jacksonville. Is, is, is Jacksonville the new AFC powerhouse? Or what am I supposed to do with this information? Everybody sucks. Anyways, uh, continuing on. New caller, sorry, I dropped the ball. You did just call recently, though. So here's here's the first caller of the day, new caller. Hey, Ryan. Hey, man. Mike Herbrain, a.k.a. Packers Superfan. Oh, hey, great win today. New number. Fantastic. Not a new caller. Um, Obviously, I was way off on my prediction, which I'm <laughs> more than happy to be. Yeah. Uh, fantastic win. Uh, this is the kind of thing you want you want to see from this defense um, and uh, the special teams too. I mean, even the special teams. I mean, they had a couple blunders maybe during the course of the game, but for the most part, uh, we'll take it. I mean, Pat O'Donnell is is just fantastic flipping the field position uh, yeah. for this team right now, and uh, it's making all the difference in the world. So I'm okay with this team being a defensive team. Um, if that's the way they're going to roll, as long as they're winning, winning. Games 14 to 12, we'll take it. Yep. Um, I can't help but think, though, how nice it would have been today to have nine in the lineup. Um, yeah. You could have had, you know, Dobbs and uh, Watson in the lineup. You know. Yeah, I, 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 before you get off this point, I just want to touch on it. Jeez, um, this football game, I'm sorry. Um, I I had mentioned when I saw he was out, I, I said, that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm officially saying we lose this game. And that sounds ridiculous for a guy that almost has no offensive production for our team, but it's not about what he does offensively. It's not about those two jet sweeps he's going to take. It's about the threat. You know, going back and watching our run game and, and how, how much he opens up our run game just by running across the formation is incredible. The amount of depth that we get in the, the openness of the middle of the field because the safeties are so deep because they're scared to death. Did you just fumble the ball? You losers. Because of the depth of, of the safeties, because of their fear of Christian Watson. Because the point is, and this is where it's funny because you almost really respect the pick of like a guy like MVS, although I don't think he had necessarily as much speed as, uh, as we thought. I mean, Christian Watson's faster. I don't care that they have like identical, every measurable possible. Watson is just gameplay faster. But it almost doesn't matter if your speed guy is even all that good. It doesn't matter if he has like a 24 overall grade and doesn't catch any passes or anything like that. You get a guy like that on the field, and even if he's just entirely a decoy, his ability to stretch the field and move the safeties back, oh my, I've never seen a worse football game in my life. Everybody sucks at football, dude. I I, I think it would have made a big impact in this game, I do. And I think he would have had a a bigger impact too with with, the Watkins being down because these are both of our big speed guys. I know we see Dobbs as like a deep threat or a speed guy or whatever, but he's not as much as we view Watkins and Watson. And so with Watkins being out, Watson would have been that guy. So if there's a 55-yard post route that gets caught or whatever, that would have been Watson on top of everything else that he's doing. So um, really, really hope he comes back because I think he's just a critical piece of this offense at this point. Again, if he doesn't catch a single pass, I think he does wonders for our run plays. I think he does wonders for our for our passing offense. 
And I know that because I've seen it. And I've also seen him get wide open and the ball doesn't go to him. And eventually they're going to decide, you know what, I'm going to throw. Part of the issue is our offensive line, again, can't really block very long. So Rodgers doesn't have time to sit there and wait and see if he's going to get open. Plus, if other guys are doing a great job and getting open and he's like the second or third read, who cares? You don't need to get to that. But eventually there's going to be more of that. Watching maybe stretching that defense a little bit more, uh, stressing them a little bit more in the in the back half. I think that would have made a huge difference, whether you're throwing the ball to him or not. Right. Um, just the fact that he's that threat downfield, yep. that's going to open up that running game and, and make some of those other intermediate passes a lot easier for Rodgers. Yeah, and I think a lot of the issue that we have, especially, I mean, you get them for guys like Tampa because they compress so much. They know they have a good pass rush, so they don't really have to worry about over the top. They can kind of bring guys a little bit closer, and so you can't do anything. We only have the first 15 yards to operate under, and, and it, it's it's almost like the Packers are in goal line constantly. You know where the field gets compressed in goal line? If Rodgers doesn't have time to, to kind of look, look deep, and they know that, they can kind of bring everybody in. And now you're trying to operate in a little tight, compressed little area, and that's why you know we throw these short passes. And then they get popped right away after, right after they catch the ball. But with a guy like Watson, you have to back up. And if you want to try to play this game where you're going to try to press up close to the the line of scrimmage, we don't need much time. Rodgers can drop and almost instantly launch it up in the air, and, and he'll go run underneath it and chase it and get a big play. You have to back up. But and, and again, it wasn't just Watson; it was Watkins as well because he's also that guy, not quite as fast, but. He's also that guy that's a speed threat, a deep threat that can kind of challenge. And so in this game, we didn't really have that as much. Um, I don't know that Dobbs threatens quite in the same way. Again, he, he's, a, he's a solid deep threat, but he just doesn't exactly do the same things. Um, so just excited to get him back because I think especially in games like this, he's going to be critical to, to force them to spread out because it's just it's too compressed in these games. So yeah, we got to get that kid back. We got to get him healthy, keep him healthy. You know, you know, it's it's too bad this season started the way it has for him. I mean, I my biggest concern is that he's, uh, you know, <laughs> I hope like heck he's not a Kevin King 2.0 where yeah. you know he's made of glass and he's going to be hurt all the time. So hopefully the kid gets it figured out and gets healthy and stays healthy because this team, this team, this offensive team sure as heck needs him right now. Yeah. Anyway, great win. Go back, go. Thanks. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing to get excited about. Again, ignoring the incoming, the impending media narrative about how terrible our wide receivers are, and that's why we couldn't score any points. Um, we were missing, you know, aside from the three guys that we already lost coming into the the, uh, the season, or well, I guess Lazard's back, so two. We also lost then two more wide receivers in this game in, in Watkins and Watson. So we were short several and and. Presumably, they're coming back. Watson's hopefully sooner than later. I would hope by next week we're not in a massive rush, but just in terms of getting these guys more acclimated, I mean, how critical was this week for Romeo Dobbs? It's too bad that it took injury to to finally get the Packers to trust them enough to to put him into that spot. But again, you you put him in there and they deliver. And uh, the sooner I think the Packers realize that and the sooner they kind of force them to the forefront, you know, there's going to be bumps. And, and Tampa maybe isn't the best week to do that. That was my concern kind of coming into this. But, you know, again, they, they just surprised me. I thought that this would be a bad week to trust a guy that's not exactly sure what he's doing, but he he came through in a big way. And, 
you know, we got some lesser opponents coming up. I think if you lean on them a little bit more and try to get them into a prominent role, I mean, if, if they really can be their full version of themselves, Watson and Dobbs, I, I really think they can be. And I'm, I'm not even necessarily talking, you know, Jamar Chase or Justin Jefferson. I'm not talking anything about that. I'm just talking solid wide receivers. I'm not talking number one overall. If we can get like a guy that's, you know, number 20 overall and a guy that's number 19 overall, I don't, I don't care. That's, that's dominant to me. That's, that's two number ones, two mid-tier number one wide receivers. I'm fine with that especially considering their athletic profile. Because again, they're, they're impacting the play even when they're not getting all those yards, you know, even if they're not 1,500 yard and, you know, 17 touchdown receivers. Because you got guys like Lazard and guys like Cobb that are coming open because of these other guys and because of the attention that they draw and the space that they create, the yards after catch that they get and everything. It's, it's, it's uh, yeah. Another reason why this Tampa Bay thing was, was so critical because you know, it's what, what annoys me about getting Minnesota week one and then, you know, Tampa's week three, even Chicago week two, although they're a bad football team. I mean, what a terrible stretch for a team that's really trying to figure things out. And, you know, you got the offensive line being shuffled every single week. You've got rookie wide receivers. You got injuries. Lazard just came back week two. And then we lost Watkins week three. We lost Watson week three. I mean, there's just this constant trying to get up. We're just barely getting our feet under us. And you got three critical opponents. Two, two in our division, and one of them is you know one of the top NFC teams that's going to be a playoff contender. But uh, to come out on top of you know two of three of those, especially Tampa, as much as you know divisional games are more important, I think Tampa's probably going to end up being the more important one by the time we get to that point. So um, yeah, now we get a little bit of a reprieve until not saying it's guaranteed wins for all these games, but until we see Buffalo, we've got a real opportunity to grow and to lean on some of these guys and to expand some of the things that we're working on and really open up the playbook and get, you know, get some of these tight ends working a little bit, get, you know, hone in on that offensive line and and try to get a solid five, you know, like this is our five and this is it for the year. I'm not saying there's never going to be injuries, but just seems like for the last at least two years, it's been a constant rotation, constant shuffling. And so anyways, it it was, it was a gauntlet and we, we dropped the first one, but heck of a win, heck of an important win. Hey, Ryan, this is Joey from Minnesota. Hey. I uh, noticed that we've scored, uh, I think, 10 points in the second half of the three games so far this season. Yep. Just curious if you had any thoughts about uh, second half adjustments that we are, are not making and if there's any trends going back to last year about how we've performed in the second half of games as opposed to the first half. And maybe there's a difference between when we go into halftime winning versus losing. Um, just curious your thoughts. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Bye. Well, I'll, I'll say this, and I am going to look into it uh, because you asked and I'm curious, but I knew coming out in the second half how incredibly important getting more points prior to halftime was because I know we're a second quarter team, <laughs> and in the second half, we, we, we are not as good. So you're going to get your second half points, and then we're probably going to lose the rest of the game. Second quarter. Did I say that? Second quarter point. That's where we stack all our points. So... um for 2022, at least so far, I don't even think, no, we won't look at 2022 because it hasn't even updated, so it's just the first two weeks. The Packers overall ranked ninth in points in the first half uh, last year. They ranked ninth in the second half last year, so uh, almost no difference. 223 points compared to 224 points. Last year, not surprisingly, we led the league in second quarter um, points, 172. First quarter, though, we ranked 25th. 
So terrible first quarter, dominant second quarter. And then in the third quarter, where the heck are we? We ranked sixth, fourth quarter, 15th. So yeah, I mean, last year, first quarter was the worst, second quarter was the best, and then the rest was kind of middling, I guess. I mean, six is good, but it, it is definitely frustrating knowing that when you come out of the half, you're probably not going to be as good as you just were. So what you saw going into halftime, you know you're probably going to start losing um, some of that. In fact, we can even look at this. So in the first quarter, the Packers scored 51 total points last year. Our opponents scored 84. Then in the second quarter, we scored 172 points compared to our opponents, 121. It's a heck of a margin shift. Third quarter, we scored 111 compared to 48. So that was our best defensive performance. So the offense did not do as good of a job, but uh, the defense really stiffened. But then the fourth quarter, we scored 113 compared to 118. So the defense kind of started to fall off. Teams start coming back, and we don't necessarily get better than we were in the third quarter. But yeah, this year seems to definitely be quite a bit worse. But I, I, I wouldn't worry too much in terms of overall narrative about, you know, our team can't make adjustments. Again, first of all, we got to kind of stop with that. I, I, I think the Mannings kind of settled this, and, and Rodgers even corroborated this, basically. Uh, and even I think he talked about it on Pat McAfee show or Pat McAfee said it too. There really are no halftime adjustments. There are no major adjustments being made. There's no scheme changes going on. There's maybe changes in emphasis. But, you know, they're saying there's there's almost no time. You you run inside, you grab a drink of water, you use the bathroom, and then you pretty much just go right back on the field. There's no time to bring together the entire coaching staff, sit down, say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to up, draw up a whole new game plan. These things are, you got your main game plan going in, and then you make adjustments kind of on the fly during the game. You got your guys up in the box saying, hey, they're doing this. We should start doing this. And that's that's about it. Um, there really aren't big sweeping halftime adjustments. And so um, I don't know why we dominate the second quarter and kind of don't the rest of the game. But based on last year, it definitely wasn't as bad as this year. So I wouldn't necessarily get super worked up about, um, you know, possibly being out coached because while other teams are making big, great second half adjustments, we're not. I, I would say that that's probably, probably not necessarily the case. Again, last year it was it was the first quarter, which is weird because most teams kind of dominate the first quarter. That's you at least got your script to drive and whatnot. It's kind of when you're at your best, and then other teams start to kind of make their adjustments and things change. Packers, at least last year, sucked out of the gate and then kind of picked it up. But anyways, that's it. I gotta go. You folks have yourselves a great day. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye bye.